Welcome to the Bailey and Harding Ultrasound System. I am Anna Harding. I'm Ali Bailey. I've just dropped my pen. This is episode 37. Well, good luck picking that up, Ali Bailey, because you have also just come back from a 100-mile race. Um, 104. Oh, come on. <laughs> 104, actually. 104.3. Oh, that's, that's, um, that's pretty... Pretty standard, is it, for 100? Four miles over? Uh, for this one, it is. Like, it should just... Why don't they just say it's 104 <laughs> miles? Because it is. It has been for the last 13 years or however long it's been being run. It's never got any shorter. <laughs> and four miles is a long way. Four miles is an hour, at least. At that point not, of the race, hour and a half. It's not as long as 15 miles, is it? No, it isn't. <laughs> how much over my 100 miles it was. Yeah. Um, no, you're right, though. Four miles. Four miles... Everyone goes, yeah, but once you've done 100, what's four miles between friends? I tell you what's four miles between friends, a fucking long way. <laughs> four miles between friends is go fuck yourself. I'm sitting here and I want the race director to come pick me up because I've done my 100 miles now. Beep, beep, goes your watch. Right, we're done now. That's it. That's all I wanted. I've got everything I wanted. So people on Strava who claim half marathon PBs because they ran the half marathon distance in their quickest time, but actually the race was like 13.6, which meant that they yeah. didn't get an official PB, but they claim it because it's a Strava yeah. PB. By yeah. the way, if that's yeah. you listening, that's not a PB. <laughs> no, it isn't. So Ooh, sort yourself out. I don't know where that came from, sorry. <laughs> that's fine. But, but it's it's like that four, well, the four miles uh, on the race I did, it's not even like, oh, it's just a four mile. It's four, it's four massive hills that the locals never renamed the three bitches. Oh, and then there's an extra one. <laughs> like Sally. Have you ever been to Sally's Bottom? No, is, I've hmm. heard that this is not Okay, Sally's place. Bottom is in the last four miles. Oh, no. Like, uppy downy, uppy downy. It's the worst. And it's dark and it's raining and it's wet. And it's windy and it's horrible because that's what it was like. So they're not fun four miles. No. Um. Oh, yeah, man. And And... Yeah, it's rubbish. Especially when you're trying to predict your time. You're like, oh, I reckon I can probably do 30 hours or I can do 31. That four, that's going to take you an hour and 10 minutes. That's it's hard. That's it's disgusting. Horrible. So Ali is fresh, fresh off the back of the archivatrician. Hey, Ali, are you feeling fresh? So fresh. So fresh. fresh? I feel like my skin yeah. in my face yeah. is tight. You oh. know, like, oh, like wind-tighted. And also... um. Oh, that thing dehydrated, and my feet are like stuffed sausages, cheap stuffed sausages. Swollen. But the meat's all been like stuffed in, and it's gonna pop. Yeah, like it's real swollen, and like just not happy at all. Not happy feet. So let's have a debrief. So when um, I was going to say when we go off and run these epic events, <coughs> mostly Ali, um, we tend to do little debrief podcast episodes to sort of just recap give you a sense of what it was like maybe maybe you want to sign up after you hear this episode um but yeah no we want to hear all the ins and outs because I know that a lot of people were dot watching you me included um and the arc of attrition is I mean it's it's one of the biggest hundreds in the UK it's arguably the biggest the hardest the hardest it's not the biggest it's not the biggest number wise no. but it's 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 renowned as the hardest in inverted commas because yeah. of the weather because of the time so of year us, january isn't it well yes it is so give us a blow by blow give us like a few stats drop a few stats distance elevation cut off okay. location so, etc 
it i'm just gonna get this up on the old phone so i don't get it wrong mainly because i'm tired and also because i get confused and i'm quite stupid mm. so the arc of attrition is a 104 <laughs> mile foot race that runs from coverack in south on the south coast of uh cornwall yeah. to Porth Tower on the north coast of cornwall and it runs along the southwest coast path so all the way along that gnarly little path it goes to kynats cove lizard Mullion, Porth Kerno, which is where Minac Theatre is, uh, then Land's End, then Senan Cove, Cape Cornwall, uh, Pendine, Zena, St Ives, Hale, Gwythian, Towns, uh, and then up along the top towards Portreath, then Porth Tower. You sound like you've just done the shipping forecast. <laughs> uh, moderate, <laughs> not ever good, fairly awful, badly bad. <laughs> badly bad. <laughs> Don't bother. They do bother. It's great. Um, so uh, that bit of the coast path is renowned, renowned by uh, people that have done the Southwest Coast Path as one of the harder bits, especially the top bit from Land's End to uh, St. Ives. Yeah. Horrible pieces. Horrible piece. Actually, it's not horrible. It's very, 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 very beautiful if you are doing it in the summer and you've only got to do five miles. But if you've got to do it and it's 55 miles into an ultra, 55 to 80, because yeah. that's what it is, and it's dark, windy, raining, um, it's not great. And uh, it's hard. It's super hard. Mm. 20,000 foot of vert, cutoffs that are quite punchy. Yeah. They're not impossible, but they are punchy. They're cutoffs that, that creep up on you because you're like, I can do that. That's not a problem until you're on it. And then you're like, it is a problem. Yeah. Um, and then the terrain is really varied. So you get these huge sections that are like 13 or 14 miles long that are just boulders. So unless you're a rock-hopping penguin, you have to get over those boulders, through those boulders, around those boulders. If it's night time and you can't see where you're going, uh, you can get quite discombobulated. And some of them are right on the edge yeah. of, the, of the path. So the, there's the sea crashing to your left uh, and these you're clambering around these boulders. And if it's raining, it's even more difficult because it's, it's greasy and it's noisy. And you just it's just really, really... You've got to concentrate on a lot of stuff. Um, checkpoints are 20 miles apart mm. official checkpoints which again doesn't seem like a lot until you're on it and the 20 miles are taking you between 7 and 9 hours each time yeah Um, and yeah there's a big mandatory kit list basically and it's but it's great it's like such a great adventure Um, pretty small field I think this year they started the biggest field they've ever started with on the 100 which was 340 people yeah maybe a few more yeah Um, and then yeah the fun times bit is they also have a 50. Yes. Um, it starts on Saturday morning. So the normal people, the people doing the 100, normal people. Normal that's people. Not normal. That's no, 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 no. It, Now, this is where the problem lies. I refer to these normal people. They're not normal. Um, <laughs> the 100 milers, we start on the Friday. Mm. So we start at Coverack, but you're not allowed to drive your car to Coverack. So they bus you there mm-hmm. from the end. So you get to Paul's Tower and it's an hour and a half on the bus to get to Coverack. There's a lot of fucking about on purpose. Because Andrew Ferguson, a.k.a. Fergie, I will refer to Fergie in this podcast a number of times, and I do not mean Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas, and I do not mean Fergie from the royal family. Fergalicious. Not Fergalicious. Not, I mean, she is Fergalicious, and he's Fergalicious, but still, Ferg. He... Is he the race director? He is the race director. You start the um, race at 12pm. Yeah. So you're like, oh, lovely, a lion. But no, because you have to be at Coverack. You have to be at Port Tower at like quarter to nine. Latest, that's when the buses leave. Yeah. So you have to be up earlier, to, you know, to get there earlier, whatever, to get your kit check, registration, all that stuff. 
get on this bloody bus for an hour and a half. You get off the bus and you wait for an hour in the car park. You just wait. You can't do anything. You just wait. So whatever the weather, you're just standing there. <laughs> and then they start you at 12 p.m. Yeah. That means you've got four hours of light before the dark comes, which isn't very long. No. So people tend to pelt it out as quick as they possibly can to make hay <laughs> while the sun shines before it gets dark. Yeah. And then you've got 15 hours of darkness. Joy. And that's that. Yeah. Um, and... So you get part because of the cutoff. The cutoffs mean that you get past Minac before the fifteen people start. They start at eight thirty on the Saturday morning, yeah. and then the fifty people chase down the hundreds. Wow! So it gets quite good fun, um, and uh, and yeah, when you get to St Ives, the elites will start. The fifty elites will start to come past you. Um, so yeah, that's where I bumped into some of, some of my mates as I was walking up a hill like an old lady on a fucking day out and Holly Stables comes running past me seven a minute <laughs> yeah but this so this is like case in point of why you should never judge a runner when you're out on a run and be like oh they're going so much faster than me or oh I'm going so much faster than them because you don't know how far they've gone and you had already done 50 miles by that point more than oh no I'd done eight I'd done more than that yeah. I'd done uh, 85 by the time she came past me yeah um and I was like 26 hours in yeah. and she was like six hours in yeah um but yeah it's so the problem i've got with the arc of attrition it was my third go i've finished it last year the first year i did it i dnf the second year i did it i finished it and then this year i was going back to do a better time and i have normalized the arc of attrition as normal race it's not an all race. It's renowned as one of the hardest races in the UK. Yeah. The DNF rate is very high. I'm not sure what the DNF rate was this year, but the weather was great. Yeah. Look, so I think the DNF rate was probably around 50%. Yeah. Usually it's between 60 and 70. Um, it's a it's a fucking hard race. But I've started to go, oh well, if I've done it, it's easy. You idiot. You idiot. I know. It's not easy, uh, is it? No. Bozo. And if anyone said to me, I've done the arc of attrition, I wouldn't go, oh, that's easy. <laughs> no. I'd be like, that's incredible. Like, it's a, that's such a great race. How did you find it? It's super hard. But for me, it, I like to put myself in a little box of, you're a fucking idiot. And why did we do that? Do you do that? Do you go and do things that are really hard? I know you do do things that are really hard. And they go, oh, I've, done, I've done that, so it must be easy. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Because, and also I think, you know, when you're, when you're back of the pack, like me as well, you're like, well, I can, me, if I I'm, can I'm do totally it. back of the pack on this. Yeah. But I look at that and go, shit, Ali was like towards the back of the pack on the arc of attrition that I'd, I'd get timed out. I'd never be able to do that. And that's the thing Like you, you put a post up on Instagram and I'm, I left a little comment and um, it resonated with a few people, I think, because what I said was, because mm. you said, yeah, but I hang around with so many good runners and like elite runners and fast runners that I feel shit in comparison to them. Basically, I feel like I'll mm. never be as good as them. But you, to so many people, me included, are our like good runner, elite runner. I'll never be as good as you. So it's all relative. Yeah, it's all relative. So, so yeah, I put up this little post because I was like, I feel so confused about this because I'm a coach and I'm like, I should know better than this. Except that just because you're a coach doesn't mean that you should know better no. because we're not superhumans. Uh-huh. Uh, and we all feel like the, the discombobulation of like, oh, I don't feel like I've done a good enough job. So the reason I write those posts is because I'm like, we feel like this as well. Yeah. Like Damo wrote a really good blog about the spine, about coming second mm. um, in the spine. And he's a coach. He should know better. 
But you know, it's he spent it took him a long time to write that blog because he was busy beating himself up. Yeah. It's like we still broke his own record. Like it's mad. So it's it's just but I think you are we're all allowed to feel like that. And I think in saying that, at least you say to people, we all do feel like this. Even like I wonder how Mark feels actually. Mark Derbyshire broke the course record. Yeah. 18 hours, 50-something minutes. Unbelievable. Course record that was his own course record. I just, I can't fathom, sorry, but like whenever, so my rough ballpark, you know how we talk about like a four-hour marathon or like a... I don't want to talk about your rough ballpark <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> or Neil. <laughs> Anyone. Anyway. <laughs> no, you know when we talk about like a four-hour marathon or a two-hour half marathon or like a one-hour 10K... 30 minute 5k for 100 miles i i often think of a 24 hour 100 miles which you shouldn't really because of... so do i <laughs> because <laughs> i could do that yeah well, you... and i think that's partly why i think of it as a 24 hours because i feel like that's like a that's like a a good time for 100 miles but all 100 miles are different and you've got different elevation different terrain different darkness weather etc so you can't compare any of them but that's where I see as like a, a rough line to try and fathom a hundred miles. 18 hours and 51 minutes to me sounds like mm. a good, like 50 mile time. <laughs> and like what on that terrain? I can't. What? If you don't understand what the terrain's like, go on the Mug Crew Facebook page. Just have a look at some photos. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Can we also just give a, like, that 24-hour thing as well? Sabrina Vergie was first female. Mm-hmm. 23 oh, hours. Was. 23 hours. Yeah. So 23.03. So someone who is, like, peak phenomenal elite mm-hmm. is doing it in that, like, 24-hour mark. Yeah. Nikki Spinks did it a couple of years ago. I think it took 25 hours. Uh, Emma broke the record last year with 21 hours. It's so it is on. It's, it's mad. And Mark, like, he is a world-class athlete, but he's so nice. He's so humble and so nice. And I was, his mum, his crew is his mum. His mum's got to be in her 60s or 70s, and she's absolutely lovely. Aww. Uh, chasing him around the coast. Oh, well, she said, I do know he's talented. I'm like, yeah, he's very talented. <laughs> he's unbelievable. But uh, I'm on the Centurion running team with with, with uh, old Mark Derbyshire. Yeah. And James Elson. Uh, you know, James uh, James took it super, super easy. You know, he sort of just rolled around the coast path in 23 hours and 52 mm. minutes. <laughs> and when I saw James at the end, he was like, are you all right? And I'm like, no, it was, didn't get the way I wanted to. He's like, nah, me neither. Shitter of a race. And I'm like, shut. And it just said, shut up. Just shut up and go away. Because these are the people that I surround myself with where I'm like, well, you know, how can I sit here and go, oh, I just come in 34 hours? That's 10 hours longer than you. Like, you must think I'm a prick. They don't think I'm a prick. People don't think you're a prick, but I think I'm a prick. So it's that self-projection, isn't it? And it's, I'm saying this, listener, because I know that it will, it will, it, it will, what's that thing? Resonate, you know, resonate with people. And it doesn't matter who, what sort of race it is, what distance it is. It's like, understand what you're doing and just zoom out of yourself and just look from the outside. Because at the end of the day, you know, you finish your race and not everyone is great at everything. There are things that everyone can do better than everybody else. 
but we don't we don't go to like the cake shop and stand there and flagellate ourselves because our cakes don't look like the cake in the cake shop do we no uh, that's a good it's analogy madness. that's a good analogy yeah it, but we don't do it because we're like all like French people that speak fluent french we don't know oh my god i'm so terrible because i can only say one word in french <laughs> It's sacre just bleu. some people, yeah, sacre bleu. <laughs> uh, like, it's just, it's just, I think when you surround yourself, especially us runners, and I've, hey guys, I've written about this in my book. It's that thing where, is this doing me well, serving me well, or am I actually using this as another reason to be mean to myself? Yeah. And I don't ever want to get into that situation, which is why I'm really working through it now. Mm. Um, and um, I've had loads of love, lovely support on Instagram from people. I'm not asking for support. No, I'm no. not asking for sympathy. I'm just saying, this is how I feel. But Nikki Spinks wrote something on that post. And I was like, I think Nikki Spinks is softening, you know, because she's being really, really sweet to me at the moment. She's just got a puppy. Um, She um, wrote, um, I'll find it for you, because it's actually a really, really good comment for people to uh, keep in their heads. Yeah. Um, Well done for toughing it out. Worth more than any arbitrary target. You finished. Smiley face. And Emma Stewart said that to me as well. And James said that to me as well. Both of them said, I know we know so many elite athletes that never finish anything because they get to the point where they're just like, fuck, I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Whereas you do tough it out yeah. all the way to the end when you're yeah. in pain. Yeah. Um, and um, I just thought that was, it's really nice to hear that from people at that level. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. I was like, that's a pat on the head. I was like, it's not a pat on the head. They do actually mean it. So, But we mean it. Us normos mean it as well. Yeah. Yeah. But toughing, it, there is a difference. You know, toughing it out, it's like... <laughs> Julia said to me, do you think Nikki would be happy with that time? I was like, shut up! <laughs> would Damo be happy with that time? I'm like, shut up. But um, No, but that's but their jobs, though. It is, yeah. But it's that, it is that toughing it out. And honestly, I did have a lovely time and I learned a lot. But God, my feet hurt. They just got macerated. So you did mention, let's go into, like, picking apart your race then. So we've talked about, like, the race as a whole. But let's have a debrief of, like, what happened out there. So you mentioned about like feet stuff and some bits that maybe didn't go right for you. So what, yeah, tell us about, start from the beginning and let us know what happened. From the beginning, remember I went on holiday for three weeks to the Philippines. Yeah. That was a test of, can I go and rest and then come in fresh? Yeah. The answer is, was that a good idea? The answer is yes, it was a good idea. Was it? 100%. 100%. I was so fresh. And I was so like, I feel very, very ready to do this. Not ready to like smash records and break barriers, but ready to like go and spend a good 30 hours on the coast path, right? So I felt amazing. Um, yeah. And the first few, the first 25 miles to Port Leven, in fact, all the miles to Penzance, yeah. to Mausel, were great. I loved it. I was having the best time. It was hot. I had my vest on. I was yeah. running around in a vest in January. Now, at the start of the race, there's a bit of a bottleneck. So you run and there's lots of styles. So if you want to avoid that bottleneck, and I had to stand there 15 minutes last year mm-hmm. I uh, on a bridge, I um, decided to go out really fast and like get over those bits. That was probably a mistake because once you start out going out really fast, you have to keep going really fast because it's a very narrow coast path. So if you mm. don't, you cause a queue behind you. So I did that. Uh, and then as it started to open up after two or three miles, everyone started to come past me really fast yeah so I was like oh that's when it was like you're not very good at this started because everyone's going past you and I'm like you know that I always know that's what it's like until the lizard it's always like that and I'm like chill your boots it's all right you'll see these people chucking up at Port Leather later don't worry about it but 
it was very exhausting stopping those thoughts or like saying that's not a helpful thought have a better thought you know you're not a piece of shit it's all right you're yeah. your pace you always pace well you always are consistent just keep going so I did tried to listen to music it was too loud too noisy like too noisy in my head so I started talking to some people that started to get on don't take this the wrong way, everyone, but people wanted to talk about the book. And I was like, I feel like this is work. I feel like mm. they're talking about work. So I don't want to talk about that. So I just put my headphones in. And um, until I got to Port 11, that when it got dark and people started to spread, spread out, when I saw my crew and I had some chips, I had chips in the chip shop. Mm, it was delicious. Oh. A big bowl of chips. Nice. vinegar on them. Lovely. And then I had, loads, and I was eating really well. I was yeah. eating my Vela Forte chews, Vela Forte bars, Vela Forte gels. I'll just say Vela Forte one more time in case they want to sponsor us. Um, and uh, I was eating nuts, salted nuts, and I was drinking lots of water. Right. I was drinking lots of coffee. I was having a great time. There'd been no no incidents. Then it was night. Then it was dark. That section from Port uh, Eleven to the next checkpoint, which is at Penzance, is lovely mm-hmm. uh, it's got quite a lot of rocks and edges on it but i like that uh lamorna cove all those bits and then uh you get a very long nine mile stretch into penzance on the road mm. flat some people change their shoes for this i didn't i really wish i had because i was running in rock lights which were full of bog so once i hit the road i was like great i always do this make hay where the sun shines get to the end of, get to penzance and i did and it was fine and I saw my crew, I had some more chips, I had some more food. My yeah. feet started to get really sore. So what was happening is I'd been changing my socks every checkpoint, yeah. but not my shoes because yeah. it was so rocky and boggy. I didn't want to change my shoes. Right. Um, couldn't wash them out. <laughs> they were full of grit. They were full of grit, bog, little bits of stones, sand, because you had to go on beach sometimes. Um, it was very wet underfoot. And, uh, and so it was just really difficult to like keep them clean and dry. Mm-hmm. And I was probably being a bit lazy with the old foot washing and they'd started to feel a little bit sore. But I was like, I'll keep these on till I get to St. Ives. Then I'll change it to my new soft trail flies because the rest of it, there's no slidey rocks. Yeah. There's no slidey mud yeah. and I'll be fine. But in hindsight, I wish I'd taken another pair of shoes because I macerated my feet from Penzance to St. Ives. They were, you know, the cheese, you know, cheese graters that have the Parmesan side on. Yeah. Felt like the Parmesan side was in my shoe and my oh, feet were just no. rubbing on the Parmesan side. They were so sore. But I was like, nah, you gotta crack on, you gotta crack on. I was thinking about timings, I was thinking about checkpoints, and mm. I ran all the way to Cape Cornwall. And at Cape Cornwall, for some reason, I had something to eat at Land's End as well. Very proud of myself. 2 30 in the morning, beans on toast. Well done. Very good. Is that that Didn't great photo up. of you like hunched over the table? There's a great photo of me on Instagram. Because I sat down and who sat next to me? Fucking Miller, David Miller. Like he <laughs> follows me around with his bloody camera. <laughs> so I look like an old lady having yeah. a nice delicious bit of beans on toast. Lots of people, the dead or the dying, littering the floor of the Lansdowne Hotel. <laughs> Lots of people in there like, I can't eat. And I was like, oh, come on, have a bit of beans on toast. And they were like, no. <laughs> Lots of DNFs at Land's End. Yeah. Um, so, because it's scary, that section. It's frightening. If you've ever been to Land's End during the day, you know how bleak it is. But at night time, different story. Oh, my God. So, got up, sorted my shit out. My feet were still really sore, but I had no choice because I couldn't change into the other shoes because I was so worried about the grip. Um, I should really have taken two pairs of rock lights. I'm an idiot. So, um, off I went. And uh, then I started to feel super tired. 
Like I started to fall asleep on the trail. No. Like my eyes were like dro- drooping. And I was like, what's going on? So I was eating more and more caffeine, but I was aware if I ate more caffeine, then my stomach would start to play yeah. silly fuckers. So um, I thought, I'll have a sleep. Uh, do you know what? I've never, ever understood why people have naps at the side of the trail. Because I'm like, nah, you, why would you do that? Like, mm-hmm. But I, I now know because I just wanted to lay on the floor just for 10 minutes and shut my eyes. Wow. Um, but I got to the Cape Cornwall and I said to Lorna, I'm getting in the car for... I'm going to sleep for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I just got into the driver's seat of the car, shut my eyes, put my buff down, slept for seven minutes, woke up, got out of the car, was like, feel, feel a lot better. Yeah. So I've mastered the napping, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, had something to eat, had some coffee, and then cracked on again, but didn't touch my feet. And that's where the damage was done in that section, that 13 mile section. Oh, no. So you, you didn't even change stocks, you didn't do anything. <laughs> No, because they were so caked in mud by this point. Yeah. It was like, you know, when they're so, they're caked in mud up to your shin. I was yeah. like, I can't be asked to take them off. That can't be asked, listener. Yeah. Listen to that can't be asked. Damage. And on it. Damage. 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 If yeah. I had just taken them off and washed them and changed socks, the maceration wouldn't have happened, but it did. And it was, I was just rubbing for, for like 15 miles, rubbing grit in spot with them. And it got to the point where I'm like, this is it now. There's no more running because the running is pounding the grit in, whereas the walking, at least I can like manage it better. So I was basically power hiked 40 fucking miles. Oh my God. In Cape Cornwall to the end because I couldn't, because once you start running, walking and you've walked for like 13 miles, it's really hard to get running again, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Your muscles have gone all seized up and yeah. you feel all weird. Yeah. And like you say, that pressure, putting it through the feet when they're mm-hmm. like fucked when they're so sore like when I did mm. the seven valleys and I got those massive blisters I was like I can't run because the pressure that running puts on those little toes makes them feel like they're going to explode yeah so I I couldn't I, I that's how I felt when I took the shoes off at St Ives and they looked at them they're like this is fine there's a few but there's but they sorted it all out for me mm. but they still when I put my shoes back on they're just so sensitive underneath yeah um they look like hams, like big pink hams, because they'd swollen up so much. Oh. It's so unlike me, but it's my own fault. It's not to do with my shoes. It's not to do with. It's to do with my lack of admin. Yeah, and I need to not do that. So when I do the, I'm doing Lakeland 100. I'm not, you know, I'm gonna have a real plan about feet. Yeah, I feel like it's a getting older thing as well. I feel like I just there's certain things that happen when you get older. The feet is one one of the things for me. But mm. um, what I wonder is. Because I, d- I also didn't want to take painkillers because I took painkillers on the Auto 100 and it was bad. Yeah. So I was completely avoiding NSAIDs, like um, ibuprofen and things like that. Yeah. I was taking a bit of paracetamol caffeine, but it stopped working. Mm. And in the past, I would take every drug under the sun to feel nothing, mm-hmm. everything. And I feel like I could get away with that, but not anymore because yeah. it just upsets my stomach. Yeah. So how do people manage that pain? Like on when you were on Seven Valleys, how were you managing pain? Were you just like, I just have to manage yeah. through it? Yeah, absolutely. Because that's the thing. It's like you either, well, you either manage through it or you let it beat you. Like I let it beat me really, because when I got to, when I got to the checkpoint to be able to change into my new dry shoes, putting them on was just so painful. I was like, that's not helped. And I don't know how much further I can even go with these shoes. So I think the the management of pain, you can only do so much. You can only get so far with that. And I don't, you know, isn't it isn't it so awful that our like hobby and our passion is like just beat ourselves up? This is the thing. It's I don't want to be a masochist. No. Like I really don't want to be a masochist. But it was 
the last four miles was down hills, going up and down those little the hills they call the three bitches just outside Port Trees in Port Tawan. Yeah. And going downhill was so painful because it just felt like this cheese grater was mm. cheese grating my feet. I was using poles, which really helped. I was going to ask if you bit. took poles, yeah. Yeah, I took poles. I took, I took my poles. I very rarely use them, but I did use them for the, the second uh, half of the last 40 miles. And at the end of the day, I came in at 34 hours in like 36 seconds or something. And I I was death marching at the end. Like I was so miserable because I was so tired. Um, and it's fine. And it's my second arc finish. And I've learned a lot. And I, yeah, there's, the winds are no stomach issues. Yeah. Um, I don't ache at all. No. Nope. So I'm like up and about moving around. The only thing that's wrong with me is my feet. Oh, and then at Cape Cornwall. After I had that sleep, I wasn't mm. looking what I was doing. I went over a rock, put my foot between the two rocks, and oh. bent it the wrong way. Oh! So it slid in between. I bent it the wrong way, and I felt like my the metatarsals on the right hand side of my foot. Something happened to them. Oh my they god! Did so, they go crunch? They went crunch, and that was oh. another thing that was presenting me from running without pain. Yeah. And now I'm hobbling because I can't walk without pain. So I'm seeing the physio tomorrow to look at it, and he'll be like, "I'm not a foot guy." I'm a body guy. And I'll be like, just poke it, make it better. They can do feet. No, they can do feet. We had a really yeah. interesting talk at the running show about feet from an osteopath. And I thought osteopaths Ooh. did back. So that's Ooh. chiropractor. Well, the sad thing is, it's really swollen on the right-hand side of my foot, but it's not bruised. And that really upsets me because I thought if it was bruised, then maybe it would just be a surface wound. Maybe the bruising hasn't come out yet. I would ice it personally and also yeah. um, elevate it. And also, if you can, put... This is the top tip that I think I've mentioned on the pod before. Put your pillows underneath your mattress so your mattress is raised. Yeah. So that then when you go to sleep, your feet will be raised whilst you're asleep. Yeah. I mean, when I poke, when I touch it, it feels like there's something in there, in the mm. bony bit that hurts. But it might, I don't know, it might just bruise it. But that, again, was like not great. No. Uh, for running. So I do feel like it was slightly disastrous, but then I could have stopped and I didn't stop and I yeah. cracked on and I finished it and um and I loved it. Like And you're going to love that next year. Yeah, and I could, it's not even a, it, like it didn't even take twenty four hours. I was like, I'm gonna come come back next year. And do you know what I'm gonna do? What's that? Drum roll. I'm getting a coach. A fucking running coach. Wow. <clears throat> coach is getting a coach. Most coaches yeah. have coaches, Ali. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> I've never had one. Yeah, well, I think it'll do you a lot of good. Do you know who you want to coach you? I do. I'm not going to talk about it until it's all sorted out, but yeah. um, it's not Damo. Oh. Uh, but um, but I'm going to see how that goes for a year because there's stuff I want to do. Like I'm doing my up- upcoming. I've got the Lakes Traverse in April. Yeah. I've got the Spine that? Challenger. It's 100K. Uh-huh. It's a warm-up for the... Um, Lake 100. So I've got the Lakes Traverse, which is 100k. I've got uh, that silly Spine Challenger South, which is 108 miles. I've got the North Lakes, the Lakeland 100, which is 100 miles. I've got the Winter Downs 200, which is 200 miles. And then probably another 100 slapped in the middle of Lakeland and the other one. You're doing the 200. I didn't know you were doing the 200. Is this, is this brand new information? It might be brand new information, but I got bad FOMO last time. Like last year, so I'm gonna do it. Weren't you in the Philippines? Yeah, <laughs> I was on a beach looking at people running in the cold and wet, getting FOMO. That's what's wrong with. Stop me. it. Um, and I want to do well. Like I want to do. I want to feel like I'm doing well. 
or improving yeah. for me. Yeah. Like, and that's not winning or like placing. No. But it's just going, oh, I feel like I feel strong. I feel like things aren't going tits. I feel like I can manage myself. Yeah. And I feel and and maybe if I was doing a bit of speed work, I'd just be able to do I don't know. This this situation at the arc was a foot situation that was very foot-based. Yeah. But also a, you know, should I be running through that pain I need to talk to another coach because mm. can't, you can't just do it on your own can you it's really difficult no um and the long and the short of it is it's a fucking hard race there's people there that would have dns it six or seven times that was that were back again to try again like it's it's hard yeah there were people I was with that I was convinced were going to finish it that got timed out like because you can't judge the boulders um like it's bloody bloody difficult race but and I love it and um and I should be nice to myself but yeah anyone that is thinking of doing the arc of attrition, I would 100% recommend doing the 50 first just to see what you let yourself in for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's really great advice. And like, that's something that, you know, when we've talked about other races before, that's why they have those shorter distances. It kind of is like a bit of a taster. And even if you are like, you've done a couple of hundred milers or whatever, you've got them under your belt, but you've never maybe been on the Southwest Coast path before or been on that, that terrain then definitely try the shorter one first. It's like with the Seven Valleys, like, don't go straight in with the 13 Valleys. No, they've got, like, five Valleys, haven't Maybe they? Maybe try the five. <laughs> or yeah. even the two. I really yeah. want, I want to go... They've got two. two. Yeah, it's like... How um, many, how many um, Ks is the two? It's about 24 Ks, so, like, just over half marathon. I love it. I want to do that. Yeah. That sounds amazing. It's cute. It's really cute. Um, my boss from the physio practice where I work she did the two because she was um climbing Kilimanjaro like a few weeks mm-hmm. later so she was using it as like a hike so her and her friend hiked it oh that's so nice yeah um that's such a good idea I love it there's um <clears throat> the, the other thing to mention about the arc is that they there's volunteers they call them the archangels are incredible mm-hmm. incredible like mm-hmm. the vibe around the community is amazing like spine like spine like the spine whole family. of cornwall comes out Aww. the whole of cornwall is out they all know it's like the cornish bbc are there you know um, so i heard and, mm, and um oh my god the people running it so nice i had so many lovely conversations and so many podcast listeners so many podcast listeners whether they were like lovely people who were uh running it or they were lovely people who who were volunteers uh, i have one lady who came up to me to tell me that she hated Sophie Ellis Baxter. Oh, um, good for and, you. And then to remind me that Robbie Williams had once said she had a face like a satellite dish and ankles like his nans. Oh, why Why did they have beef? Had a very public spat, Anna. Why? Because Sophie Ellis Baxter, when she was like 17 or 18, said, I don't understand why people like Robbie Williams. I just think he's a bit vacuous and a bit silly. Uh, and Robbie Williams uh, said, well, I don't care what she thinks. She's got a face like a satellite dish. Because this was back in the day when you could say things like you've got uh, a face like a satellite dish. But but rather proving Sophie Ellis Baxter's point of him being vacuous, that that was all he had to say about her. Yeah. And then later down the line, <laughs> in the Netflix documentary that he made, he had to apologise. Well, he didn't have to be. He did oh. apologise. And she apologised. And then they're best friends. Then. Oh, you've reminded me that I still haven't watched the Robbie Williams documentary. So I will put that on my list. Recommended five out of five. Would watch again. Robbie in his pants. Mm. Yes, please. Um, Lots of Robbie in his pants. So um, I've got a quick question, which may or may not stay in this podcast. I can cut it out if needs be. Was okay. did you come across the Cornish Nugget? Yes. 
Yes. Was he running? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I was in my Airbnb with my friends. In inverted commas, friends. I've got these friends, right? My hardcore crew. Lorna, oh. Julius, Lawrence, yeah. Anna, Joe, oh, yeah, Lorraine. The, the other Anna. The other Anna. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, other Anna. We did doggy art on Sunday. Oh, that other was the Anna other Anna, was art. it? That was the other Anna. Yeah, she put doggy art as well. Pickle wants to go on a doggy art date with Ralphie. So, um... <laughs> We're going to use chicken livers. No, we're not. No, because we're so, allergic to chicken. So um, they were like, oh, look, who's on the start list for the 100? The nugget. I was like, oh, no. Yes, brilliant. And then lots of nugget chat involved, was involved. Um, But we did no, no, take a note that nugget actually avoided all contact and got on the last bus so he wouldn't have to sit next to me. I'm pretty sure that. And then he ran a very good time. So I didn't actually come across Maybe he was point. running away from you. I think he might have been. Um, maybe he listens to the pod. I really hope he doesn't. It was good, it was good fun all round. And there was no uh and no police were called and there was no interferences. There was a bit of a grim though, a good grim. Okay. Did you shoot yourself? Nope. I was running through the towns. <laughs> not... uh, the 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 towns are the sand dunes, dunes of doom. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I'm just going to nip behind this dune for a quick wee because uh, I'm coming to a bit where there is uh, no more dunes. And I nipped round and I squatted down. No, it wasn't a wee, it was tactical sick. Tactical sick, uh, around um... the corner, just was like, <laughs> threw up and then sort of looked up and there was a man just squatting there shitting in front of me. <laughs> just Oh, that, no. Ankles, making quite a noise. And... I looked him in the eye and he looked me in the eye and I just went, all right. And he went, yeah. And then I just walked off, run, well, walked off. That there was number. Oh my God. It wasn't the nugget. I don't know his number. I don't know anything about him, but I just was like, Good. this is classic you... ultra running. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm. Yeah. Um, Speaking of classic ultra running. Yep. What were you listening to on your playlist? Oh man, thank God for the ultrasound system playlist. Thank God. I listened to anything that was coming up. I did skip a lot of the uh I'll tell you what came on. The motion in the ocean in the beat and I loved it so much that I rewound it because it came on in the middle of the um day when it was really sunny and nice and when I was r- running around the devil's frying pan which is an actual place and um and it was great and I was like oh, sh- in the ocean, in the minute, so for, sh- but for anyone who can't unravel that noise that Ali's making that's it's singing oh oh it's the song from Hairspray um that uh we've put on the playlist on the ultrasound system playlist but up on the way up because I had six hour car drive I was adding yeah. stuff like left, right, and centre. Excellent. I don't know if she's excellent. It's a word that you use. Oh dear. Okay. <laughs> I was listening to six music. Oh god. Okay. And and uh, I was also listening to um, a random playlist. I put Steam by E Seventeen on. I don't think I've ever heard that. Before. What Steam is a raunchy little number from those guys from uh, Walthamstow. It's quite rude. Ooh. It's great though, it's got a good beat. What does steam what does steam mean? Um listen to the song. I think you're gonna be like, take it off. Uh, okay, um Hash Pipe by Weezer. Why isn't that on there? Nice. That led me to adding Eat It by Weird Al Yankovic, which is beat it, but with different lyrics saying eat it. Okay. Yep. 
Then I put Incredible by General Levy on. Incredible. Wicked. Wicked. Jungle is nice. Yes. Yeah. That came on while I was doing Parkrun on Saturday. I have to say that all of these so far are getting a good a good reaction. Then I put yeah. Trick Me by Kalise on. That's a good song. Oh, it is a good one, but it's, yeah, okay. Uh, but it's a little bit repetitive. Then we were listening to Craig Charles and he played mm-hmm. Original Not A 25 by UK Apache and Shy Effects, which is an absolute banger. That I mean, if it's Shy Effects, I'm down with that as well. And then, then I went home. Mm. And I... <laughs> okay. Oh, God. And then what were you listening to? And I just was like, oh, man. Ultra running is so bad for, like, making me feel like shit sometimes. And then I thought to myself, and in the end, it doesn't even matter. Then I thought to myself, ah! I've come so far. And it doesn't even matter. Then I thought, I'm going to make a reel with this song on it about the arbitration. Then I thought, stop being such a fucking dick. Don't do that. Don't do that. Please don't do that. I thought, I might unfollow you if you do just... that. Because in the end, it doesn't even matter. Um, oh, God. And then I, then I just thought, just put it on the playlist and just don't tell anyone the story ever. So that's what I've done. Uh, and then the last one I put on was Dance Dance by Fallout Boy, which is an absolute Dance, dance. Yes. Dance, dance. Yeah. Not dance, dance. Dance, dance. Excellent. So I love Actually, it. Actually, and... there's quite a lot on there. Perfect. Great. I love it. And um, also, I just wanted to give a little plug. <gasps> Two. I just remembered something. Don't let me unremember it. Yeah, go and give you a little plug. Um, your film. Oh yeah, Ali. Yeah, because that's about the arc of attrition. Yeah. Last year. Yeah, so people kept coming up to me going, "I like your video," and I'm like, "What?" Uh... Yeah, I meant the film. It's Toby Lowe's films. Toby Lowe was a filmmaker from Cornwall. He was crewing yeah. Sabrina Vergy this year. That was his job. Oh, cool. Yeah, he nice. He basically crewed her with milk, milk, sugar, milk. Because she was throwing up everywhere. So he used the same tea bag that every cup of tea made her and gave her milk, milk, sugar, milk. She won. That, so. that, that sounds like a song. Milk, milk, milk sugar, sugar, milk. Milk, sugar, milk. Virgin rap. So if you, yeah, if you want to see more of the arc in a visual context, if this podcast has not been enough for you, mm. then um, yeah, there's a film all about Ali doing it. It's well. called Ali. It's on Vimeo. Uh, it's two ninety nine. So just for Ali Architrition, you'll find it. It's not really about yeah. me though, to be honest with you. It's ba- mainly about the architrition. It's just a be- it's a love yeah. letter to the Southwest Coast Park. It's very beautiful. Yeah. Guess what I found out at the weekend? What did you find out at the weekend? Do you know who Stephen Cousins is? Film my run. No. No, I don't think I do. Stephen Cousins. Film my run. Yeah, film my run. That's who he is. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Film My Run. Yeah, Stephen yeah. Cousins. I didn't know that. There's a man his name. called Stephen Cousins. I like to call him Stephen, not my cousin, because it, it's funny. <laughs> he's not your cousin. He's not my cousin. And I don't want anyone to ever think he is. Not because he's a bad person, just because I think it's confusing. <laughs> so Stephen Cousins and his wife, Victoria Cousins, uh, I've known them for quite a while. And Stephen, because yeah. Stephen Cousins seems to be around every corner and in every, every bin with a GoPro. And he seems to, uh-huh. to be like, hello, yeah. Billy. And I'm like, hello, Stephen, not my cousin. He is the, the mud now. They do a great, great service to the architrician by filming the entire thing. And there's Mud TV, which goes all weekend. And you can go on Mud TV whenever you want. And there's people, he's interviewing people as they come into checkpoints. It's super cool, right? Now, whenever yeah. Stephen, not my cousin, sees me, he tends to put me in front of a camera because he thinks I'm going to do something naughty or funny. And usually I do neither of those things. But uh, there's a lot of, I spend a lot of time with him. I found out that Stephen, not my cousin, cousins, was in that band that played John Ketley as a weatherman. 
What? That song that went, John Kelly is where the man, where the man, where the man. That song. It was like a hit. I don't think I don't think I know that well, song. But yeah, he was in that um, band. And what then, was he doing in the band? What did he do in the I band? I haven't got that far yet. I haven't got that far. Stephen, oh. if you're listening, which you are, tell me what you used to do in that mm-hmm. band. Then I found yeah. out. You know, Run for Adventure, Lloyd Purvis. Yes, I do. He was at the um, uh, ET. No, mm, the one that I did in yeah. mm, Italy. Wait for it. Yeah. He used what? to be a bodyguard for pop stars. Did he? He was the bodyguard at Mel B's wedding. That's hilarious. He's looked after S Club 7. That's amazing. We need to talk to him. Yeah, we do. Did, was he running this year? He's no, done it before, he I know. wasn't. He had. Uh, he wasn't well. I think he'd had COVID and was recovering from it. He was filming. He was oh. there filming. I didn't actually get to talk to was him. Was his much. girlfriend, wife? Mm, wife? There? Lady friend. Lady partner. Life partner. Um, I don't know. I didn't see him because I was. I oh. just. I saw him at the end. I was like, "Hey, Lloyd, how are you doing?" And that was literally it. Um, uh, Lloyd, okay. like what I said to him, because I, I said to him, "I listened to your podcast with the other guys. It was really good." Will you stop bigging up other podcasts? I just said the podcast. So yes, uh, there was lots. It was it. The thing about the arc is the great and the good of the ultra community to send on it, and they're all there. So like the yeah. prize giving on the Sunday was so brilliant. Like I just got to ha- hang Aww. out with like all these people that you don't see all the time IRL. It seems like me and Holly Stables just hang out once a year at the Eco Park. Like I was watching yeah. the film and I'm cuddling her and then I'm like, oh, that's literally what we do every every year is we just go cuddle each other at the Eco Park and don't see each other for the rest of the year. So um, yeah. well... it's so good. And I would really recommend, do you know, if you don't even, if you're interested in the Arc of Trish, you maybe apply to be an Archangel and go and, uh, it's a really great yes. weekend down in Cornwall. You'll have a really good time. And um. And then there's a 50 and then there's the 100. But I love it. I'll go back next year. So more again. Yeah. And actually, do you know what? Thanks for listening, listener, because this has made me feel a lot better talking about it. Make me, made me feel like, actually, it is all worth it and it is fun and we all have a nice time in the end. Indeed. Good. I'm glad. Hey, talking about um, plugging other stuff, I've got another I've got another thing that I uh, thoroughly enjoyed this, this week. Um, and it is something that I thoroughly enjoyed last year as well. And that is Hannah Rickman's Spine Blog. So those of you who are regular listeners to the pod, um, if you're new because you searched Ark of Attrition, hello. Um, but Hannah Rickman is a friend of mine from back in when uh, back in the day when I used to live in London. And um, and she also used to live in London. And she came second lady in the spine for the second year in a row this year. Now, her blog, I have sent so many people her blog from last year because she has such a brilliant way with words. She's a very intelligent lady, but she also just has a really, really good way with words. And like the blog is long. Get yourself some nutritional snacks to keep you going through this blog and a good big cup of tea. Um, but it's so worth it because it just gives you like a blow by blow account of the of the spine through her eyes. But my favourite bit that I took away from it was that she um this year decided to impose a fuck around and find out approach fuck around and find out i love this (laughs) so the fuck around and find out approach basically was that she had she decided that she wanted to push the pace a bit compared to last year because she felt like she'd done like basically last year she went in to complete the race and she felt at the end that maybe she might have had some more in the tank to give but she didn't know so, so last she'd like year to she had second, right 
Mm -hmm. So, but this year, the female field became very, very stacked with very, very good athletes towards the end of like leading up to the race. Mm -hmm. So she was like, I won't necessarily, I don't feel like I'm going to do as well as I did last year. Spoiler alert, she obviously did. Um, but she'd like to push the pace. So even if even if she did it faster and came in a lower ranking, yep. she was like, that's fine. But that's my goal is just to do a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. Because she was like, the conditions for spine were so good this year. And she reckoned that if she had an ambitious early schedule, she'd be more likely to hit more checkpoints in the night rather than all of them in the daylight, which was what happened last year. Mm -hmm. So she she wanted to experiment with being a bit less conservative and refer to this strategy as the fuck around and find out approach, which is just <laughs> so good. You'll have to read the blog um, to find out how the fuck around and find out approach went for her. Um, but also another spoiler alert, she finished 17 hours quicker than last year. Hey. <laughs> 17 hours. 17 hours. Yeah. Which I reckon, I haven't read the blog is... yet, I think it's down to sleep. I reckon because she got to those, those, check, those checkpoints later, she was able to sleep better and smarter. That's what I think. But I'll read the blog and find out. Read the blog. It's Honestly, it's so good. The blog from last year made me laugh so much because um, when she talks about the hallucinations that she sees and stuff, I'm sure there was like some little monkeys driving around on tiny cars around her feet and stuff. That's perfect. That's funny. a perfect hallucination. But also terrifying that's not a man following so in a she's, black cape she's on the normally... postpath because that's what i fucking had did you yes, for ages for like five on hours the yeah a man in a black cape and it was like fuck off i was like go away and it, he just had this huge every time i turned around he was hiding i could see him in the trees and i'm like go away like it was horrible it was right in the peripheral that's horrendous like a death eater from harry potter yeah i just want monkeys on little cars hannah it's a wonky car. It's a yeah. wonky car, guys. Hannah had a pretty dark one, a pretty dark hallucination on the spine this year, but she did say that it was a bit of a shocker because her hallucinations are usually whimsical nighttime friends, which I absolutely <laughs> love. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, I'll, um, I'll link her blog and your film as well in the show notes for this um, for extracurricular activity fun times for you lovely listeners. Mm -hmm. Don't tell us, don't say that we don't help you to be entertained. Hello. Um <laughs> you okay, hun? <laughs> I'm eating these little things. They're like dippy egg mini, look, dippy egg mini whips from MS. Hello. Oh, they sound nice. Yeah, they're nice. They sound really I eat the whole bag. But not today. I've only had two today. Um podcast sponsored by MS Dippy Egg Mini Whips. That sounds good. <laughs> that does sound good. Um, that does sound good. What are you doing this weekend? How many park runs are you Park run this weekend. I'm back, baby. Yeah. I'm running. I've been running. I've done two strength sessions. I've been swimming. I've done a hit class. I am back. You look very well. Like you look well. Thank you. Thanks. Um, what are you doing this weekend? I am this weekend. Oh, really excitingly. Two exciting things are happening this weekend. The first one, I am getting my letter Q. At the park run. It's called Quaker's Walk mm -hmm. and it's in a place called Devises. Devises. I probably butchered that. 
Yeah, my first one of my boyfriends used to live in Devizes. Strange place. Oh. oh, it's got it's got lots of canals, and the canals go upwards. So when you go, that's what it's famous for. So if you go and sit down on the canal, you, they go upwards like steps. Really interesting. Oh, mm. because of the lot. Yeah, but you can see them in front of you. So that's why it looks cool. The Kennet and Avon Canal. Mm-hmm. Good canal. Hey, good canal, oh, guys. Speaking of canals. Speaking of canals, I have cancelled my Strava premium subscription because I don't care about my monthly fitness or creating routes anymore um, while I'm pregnant because it just doesn't matter. However, and if Strava that... wanted to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, then they can give me some free subscriptions. Uh, so I've cancelled that. And with the money that I've saved, I'm donating it to the Canal and Riverside Trust because I feel an affiliation to the canals and I'm getting over my hatred for canals. Okay. Um, and why... to give back no, no. to the canals, you should... I'm donating to the Canal and Riverside Trust. If you do that, then they will be able to maintain them. If you don't, then they'll be able to fill them in with concrete and you won't have to run along them anymore. No! I want them to maintain them because I had a really... I had a really grim run along there but mentioned it on the podcast i had a really grim run along the canal near me because it's not being maintained so i thought well i'll give some money and then they can maintain it i also give 10 pounds a month because I got, I got mugged at the running show about four years ago and i've never cancelled the direct debit so <laughs> quakers walk devices um, yeah, why, nice. why am i going to bristol this weekend ali oh, devices isn't in bristol it's outside bristol um no but i'm going there on the way to bristol well, because i think you're going to see um my film and David Miller's photography exhibition, and me, because it's my book launch, guys. I'm launching a book. Have I not told Yay! you there's a book coming out? There's a book. It's already out. Um, it's out? Yeah. Um, so, oh, I've that's what we're going to do. I'm going to pick with you. Oh, Christ. What, I'm like, have I, what have I done? Got my signed hardback copy that I paid my however many English pounds for. No pickle print. No pickle print. She'll, do, she'll come under, she'll do it for you personalized pickle print personal trip please because i know that there are a lot of podcast listeners who did get a pickle print in their book and i loved it the funniest thing is that some of them i forgot Mm. to sign so we were so excited about the pickle prints i didn't sign them so there's some that's just (laughs) got pickle prints without my signature on them people (laughs) they'll be worth a fortune thrilled uh she'll she'll sign yours if you see pickle out and about everyone and you've got your book with you she will sign them she just put a little paw print in there for you (laughs) um no. so oh that's gonna be great i don't i'm a bit scared about that launch but there's it's 200 people it'll be fine demo's gonna do a little interview it's gonna be great yeah i'm gonna have, yeah, have a nice time that's on saturday night uh neil asked a question neil asked a question why is it in bristol easy to get to i, I don't want to go to london because I, i've got london heebie-jeebies and it's too much hassle yeah and uh demo lives in bath and the guy, and uh, Miller lives in Weymouth. So it's a book launch. So it's a book launch for no, Damien. No, no. I wanted someone of great <laughs> grandeur to uh, interview me and I couldn't find anyone. So I asked Damien Hall. Um, so, um, no. Okay. So I live in Yorkshire. Toby, who does a film, is in Cornwall. The, David Miller is in Weymouth. And it's easy to get to you from London. <laughs> Excuse me. And I just thought it's a, it's a, it's a good hub for the running community that's, yeah. that's, that's, yeah, it's quite, it's quite cool. cool. It's cheap. Like, cool other, like if I did it in Yorkshire, nobody would come. No one would come. <laughs> Too <laughs> far. So that's why I'm doing it there. But I'll tell you what else I'm doing. A little plug for myself. Hmm. I'm doing a speaking tour, the 18 date speaking tour, May and June. Yeah, actually on my own, like a Bailey speaking tour. Uh, I'm doing, uh, a, there's a, a Innovate Forge store up north, 25th of February. There's a book signing and a chat with Andy Berry and a film showing. 
and then there's going to be a lot of stuff at the innovate stores generally around and about i'll be going and doing stuff there so if you do want to come and get a sign book or a pickle paw print then i will be around to do it pickle's not coming on tour um so yeah that's exciting and i'll tell you what else is exciting that somebody is on the cover of a women's running this month that's me that's me it's you. me but i'll tell you what's more exciting. and she's inside it more, oh, steady. i'll tell you what's more exciting than being on the front cover of it is the um section anna's essential kit which is inside the article and i was asked to, to give like seven or eight things that i love for running so one is that ultra run bra by sweaty betty that we've talked about before with the no boob chafe Number two mm-hmm. is my Philips Open Ear Wireless Sports Headphones. Hashtag not an ad, mm-hmm. but used to be sponsored by them. Uh, number mm-hmm. three is my Hoka Mac 5s, which are my road shoes, because obviously I'm just doing a lot more road stuff at the moment. Hashtag not an ad, but I do love Hoka. Number four, Vela Forte, the, the check, you know where we are. Number five. We're here. We're here. We're here. Um, number five. And let me just say this is not in order, but number five is the Bailey and Harding Ultra Sound System podcast. And they put little pictures. An essential. It's an essential. <laughs> they put pictures of everything. And this one is of a phone with the podcast. And it says Cat Bum Weekly. Which was the episode of this podcast where we were talking about this very photo shoot because I said I had a cat bum mouth. Do they know? No, I don't think they know that. That's quite a coinky dink. Uh, It was, and I very much enjoyed it. Uh, Just so you know, number six is my Garmin and number seven is leggings or shorts with a pocket, the cheap ones from Amazon. Not great for the environment. No, but Design West Sport also do good ones. (laughs) There you go. Not an ad, but they can sponsor us too. Guys, can someone sponsor us, please? Thank you. All the best. <laughs> oh, amazing. Right. Well, that is us. And um, and I get to us. see your face this weekend as well. Goodness me. You do. Goodness You do. Me. It's going to be fabulous. But it's not good. I'm, I'm shitting myself about it. I don't really want to do it. It'll it's be going fabulous. to be fabulous. Um, I'm going on Women's Hour on Thursday, just so you know. Oh, my God. That's really exciting. Yeah, that's a bucket list tick, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know who you'll be on with? Don't know yet. Well, I'm on my own. I'm being interviewed on my own. It's yeah. a panel or anything. No. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, it's very exciting. Mm. I spoke to them on the phone yesterday and they were like, oh, and I was like, oh, and now I'm scared. Um, so that's exciting. And then yes, obviously the book is out this week, so everybody go and buy one. Thank you. Fabulous. Obviously, this will be in the past. So if you haven't bought it yet, shame on you. No, go and get it. But it'll be it'll be sold out, it'll be too late. Too late. Mm-hmm. Um, right, we'll have a wonderful weekend. Can't wait to see your face in real life. Okay, well, I love you. Uh, and normal service will resume on the podcast next week. Oh, so get all of your correspondence in, please. Beep, 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 beep. Please, please. We love you. Bye. Bye-bye.